0: Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. If you got your Bibles, anybody ready for the word? Somebody say amen. Amen. Ready for the word, say amen. All right, I'm gonna read Matthew chapter two. One more thing next week, I just gotta mention next week because it's so awesome. It's the annual Christmas production. It's one of the best Sundays of the year. I cannot wait till next Sunday. And uh, so those cards are out there. Um, It's also one of our overload events. We've been talking about how we are in a season of, of overload and just people being exposed to Jesus, exposed to the church. And so pray about who to bring with you to church Next uh, Sunday morning, 9 o'clock or 11.15, it's gonna be packed out across all the campuses for this uh, Christmas production. We'll also be casting a very clear gospel presentation, casting a net for people to come find Jesus next week as well. So how many will at least pray and kind of uh, give me an amen, right? You'll pray about who to bring with you. All right, all right, all right. It's gonna be awesome. That's next Sunday morning, one week from today. All right, Matthew chapter two. I think we're good now. Matthew chapter two, then we're gonna pray. Verse 1 and 2, 7 and 8, and verse 11. That's what it says. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one? Notice there was an ask. Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Verse seven says, Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and he said, Go search carefully for the child. Notice there's a seek there. Go search carefully for the child. Verse 11, On coming to the house, they saw the child. They get to the house and somehow enter into the doorway, probably through a knock. They see the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and they worshiped him. We're in this uh, little two-week collection of messages called Wise Men Still Seek Him. Pastor Matt launched into this last week, did a fabulous job. And I'm just gonna bring week two of wise men and maybe we should clarify men in that general mankind sense. So wise men, wise women still seek him. Anybody still seeking the Lord? Amen. Amen. Yes, wise men still seek him. And we're gonna pray a dangerous prayer together. In uh, church, I'm gonna ask you to do this. Pray with me. Sometimes this moment in the service is a pastoral prayer. And everybody sits there and listens to the pastor pray all cute and stuff. I want you to pray with me. We're gonna pray a dangerous prayer together. We're gonna pray that God would stir up a hunger and a desire for Him. It's a a dangerous prayer, it is. We're gonna pray that God would stir up a spirit of seek within us. Will you pray that with me? let's just all agree that God would do that in us individually and in us collectively as a church. Let's pray. Pray with me. Pray with me. Lord, we ask you just to stir up within us a spirit of seek. Stir up within us a desire to know you more. God, a hunger and a thirst. God, stir it up within us that we cannot do life as usual. That we could not just do the mundane, uh, normal routine. But God, stir something up within us That we would have a strong desire for more of you. We want that. We need that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Well, um, probably about two months ago or something like that, Pastor Matt and I uh, were on a day off. And uh, as we do sometimes on a day off, you can find us uh, sometimes on the golf course. We like to play golf. And so this is one of those days we were playing golf. And. We were actually on the first hole and uh, uh, off to the side of the first hole, there's a little body of water. And I would say most of the time when I'm on a golf course, if there's a body of water, I would say I'm on the lookout for alligators, you know, like or whatever wildlife, but especially alligators on a golf course. We see them often in Florida. So I'd say I'm kind of always on the lookout. Anybody like that? Like, Or if you drive across 417, drive across Lake Jessup. Does anybody else look around for alligators when you're going across Lake Jessup? All the Orlando people know what I'm saying. Uh, I think that's the, I heard that's the place where they dump all the extra alligators is Lake Jessup. So don't go jet skiing in Lake Jessup, all right? That's the, the advice. So when I'm driving over there, I'll look around, I'll look out for alligators. Well, this was like that, and we got over there, and there was an alligator that was swimming up towards us. And uh, and I grabbed my phone and took video of what happened uh, when the alligator swam towards us. Check this out. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, welcome to Florida golf. So... That was Pastor Matt's ball finder, um, and I'm not saying why he was over there in the water uh, with a ball finder. I'm not. I'm not gonna put him on blast like that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't embarrass him like that. And uh, we began to talk after first service, and there seems to be a discrepancy as to whose ball we were there looking for. He seems to remember it as my ball. I don't. I just don't know. I don't remember that. Anyway. But I said, yeah, put that out there and see. And man, he went after it. And so I think, you know, seeing something like that, that's why I just kind of always, I just would say I'm on the, I'm just looking around for it, right? But I was thinking about that, like me being a casual, like, yeah, I'll look out for an alligator from time to two. There's a difference between that and there is actually a gator hunting season in Florida where people will go and buy a license and they will go gator hunting. Now, that's a different level than my, like, on the lookout for gators, where, like, I guess just always I'm just kind of thinking I might see one somewhere in my normal day-to-day routine. But there are people who set out and say, I'm going to take this period of the year, this, this week or this day or whatever, and I'm going to set aside and I'm going to go hunting for gators. How many know that's a different level of seek than just the average, I'm going to stumble upon one. Well, the reason why I share all that is because I think as Christians, I think we're always on the lookout for God. I think we should be. I think we should always be on the lookout for God. We should always watch for God just in our normal day-to-day life and something just happens and some blessing or we're protected from something and we should say, God, I think you just showed up in my life. And so as a Christian, that's a normal, amen, that's a normal thing where we're always on the lookout for God, but there is a biblical precedence for us as Christians to also carve out seasons of our life, seasons of our year where we go hunting for God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. where we just go, you know what? No, I'm putting, I'm putting some extra things away. I'm putting on the camo. I'm putting on the scent. Like whatever you got to do to go hunting. I'm, I'm going to go hunting after God. And that's, that's a season in which we decide, no, I'm going to turn up the intensity of my seek after God. And we're gonna do that as a church um, on January 1st through January 21st. We are gonna have 21 days, a 21 day season of fasting and prayer. 21 days where we go on the hunt after more of God. 21 days where we turn the intensity of our seek up. Uh, on January 1st and so we're three weeks out and I know somebody might be thinking well you're this is the where we're still 21 days away from the 21 days why are we talking about now the reason why we're talking about now is I just wanted you to get prepared for it I wanted the anticipation to just grow the expectation to just grow the excitement to grow over these next 21 days knowing that on January 1st through January 21st we're going to hunt for God anybody coming with me come on somebody say amen amen it's going to be awesome well, we read in Mark, Matthew chapter two about these wise men asking where Jesus was, seeking out where Jesus was, knocking on literally Jesus's door to come in and, and see him. Well, five, verse, five chapters later, Matthew chapter seven, now Jesus himself is talking about what it means to seek him. And Jesus kind of builds this, seek sandwich, if you will. Seek's in the middle with uh, two concepts on each side of it. We're going to look at all three and kind of peel this sandwich apart. Um, but we'll start in verse seven. Matthew chapter seven, verse seven. This is what the word of God says. Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, Finds and to those, to the one who knocks, it will be opened. And then he kind of brings some explanation to this. He says, Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, would give him a stone? Or if his son asks him for fish, would give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven, your father who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask? Ask, seek, and knock. Let's first just talk about this ask. Jesus said, whoever asks is going to receive. And, uh, um, and this, uh, this concept of ask, I think it's probably broad, but one of, the, one of the kind of practices that comes to my mind when I think about asking God, it would be that we would be asking through prayer most of the time. Asking through prayer. And I like that Jesus, uh, as he's talking about those that ask, it will be given to you, he says. Those who ask, it will be given to you. I like that Jesus makes a point of saying, it's not a matter of earning it. I don't have to twist my face a certain way when I'm asking or do a certain thing or say a certain uh, particular phraseology as I ask. No, he says, when you ask, It's it's given to you. It's it's a gift. It's not lent to you. It's not sold to you. You don't have to earn it. It's given to you. And what is more free than a gift? Some of you are going to get together with maybe friends or family over these next uh, couple of weeks, and there'll be maybe a moment of gift exchange or something like that, right? Or maybe somebody's going to surprise you with a Christmas gift. And so, They put it in your lap and they say, hey, Merry Christmas, and you go, oh, wow, unwrap it now. Okay, should I wait till Christmas, no, open it now. So can you imagine just opening up and it's something really, really nice, something that maybe you wanted and you're like, oh, wow, look, I got it, thank you so much, oh, you're welcome, yeah, it's a gift. Maybe you hang out for a few more hours, maybe you have some eggnog and some turkey, I don't know. And the end of the night comes, can you imagine if that person came up to you and said, oh, by the way, here, I almost forgot to give you, this is the invoice for the gift I gave you. You have 30 days to make the payment for what it was. It's exactly, it's all, the receipt's there, it's all there, so I'll expect payment in 30. Can you imagine just what that kind of feeling would be? It'd be like, well, hold on, wait a second, I thought this was a gift. Oh, it is, it's a gift, no, it is. But you, I mean, you get to keep it, so you should have to pay for it, right? Here's the invoice, wouldn't that be awesome? Well, I think sometimes that's how we see God. That we see God like, well, God's not actually gonna do anything for me if I, don't have, if I don't first earn it, if I don't first behave a certain way. No, Jesus said, he who asks, it will be given. Mark 11, it says it this way. Uh, Jesus says it this way. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Now there is presumed in this, that, that we are asking for the right things with the right motive. That is presumed in this. Even, even the example that Jesus gives later on in, that, we, that we read in Matthew seven, when he said, how many of you, if, you're, if you're fa- your earthly father, you have, a, you have children, he said, you earthly fathers, if your son came and ask you for a fish, how many would give him a serpent? He, remember that example. Well, that's presuming that the child's not coming and asking for a serpent. Because sometimes if if a child would come and ask for a serpent, then the parent would say, well, no, I'm gonna say no to that because you're not asking for the right thing. So it is presumed that we're asking for the right thing with the right motives. Because I think some of us would have this um, history, some of us would have this testimony where we would say, yeah, um, I asked God And God said no. So, I mean, Matthew 7, 7 is awesome. He who asked it will be given, but I have not found that to be true because I asked and God said no. So pastor, what do you say to that about that thing that I had been asking for and God said no? Let me give you a little pattern of prayer that might help as we kind of try to figure out God's response to our prayers, okay? Here would be the first part of this pattern. If the request is wrong then God's gonna say no, okay? If the request is wrong, God's gonna say no. So like, in other words, some of you married people and if you pray every day, say, God, just give me a different wife. Just, Lord, I'm just believing for a different wife. It's the wrong prayer, God's gonna say no. Because it's it's outside of the uh, biblical will of God for your life, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. All right, so if it's wrong, God says no. If the timing is wrong, God says slow. I need somebody to hear this today. Some of you have been praying for something and you thought you were getting a no and you haven't been getting a no, you've been getting a slow. God says, no, just keep praying and believing, but just I'm waiting for the right time. God knows the timing. So some of y'all just need to keep praying and don't, don't receive it as a no, it's just a slow. When the timing is off, when the timing is wrong, God says slow. Request is wrong, God says no. Timing is wrong, God says slow. If you are wrong, God says grow. Oh, I don't, y'all didn't want me to preach on this one. No. Y'all don't want me to preach on this one whenever like, you got so many heart issues, you got so many, your mind is so tangled up in all the wrong things. And you're out here praying for blessing on, from God. You're out here praying, praying that, you know, God's gonna do this and God's gonna do that. And God says, I got so much for you right here, but I need you to get yourself straightened out. I need you to start walking straight. I need you to start getting back uh, in love with me again. You have fallen in love with the world. So when we are wrong, God says grow. When the, the request is wrong, God says no. When the timing is wrong, God says slow. When you're wrong, God says grow. But if the request is right, the timing is right, and you are right, God says go. Amen. In Jesus' name. And that's what Jesus is talking about here in Matthew 7:7. That if you're right, the timing's right, uh, the request is right, God says whatever you ask, it will be given to you. James 4 talks about prayer as well. And in that, I think it gives the two pitfalls of prayer that we've kind of referenced a little bit. James 4, 2 and 3, he says, James says, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask for it. That's the first pitfall to prayer is because we haven't asked for it. It's, it would be probably, there's no way we could do it, but man, it would be shocking if there's a way that we could go, God, could you just send us a list of the things that we don't, if I just took one section of one of our campuses and just said, God, just in this section right here, could you just send the list of the things that we don't have simply because we haven't been asking for it. And I think that that list would blow us away. I think we would be amazed at what God would have for us. And God said, oh, I've just been waiting for somebody to ask. But no, we're down here toiling and working and trying to do it all on our own and trying to manipulate the circumstance and trying to figure out a way that we can do our strength and our understanding and lean on all of that. When, uh, uh, when James is saying, look, the reason why some of the things you don't have is because you're not asking You have not, another version says, you have not because you have asked not. And when you start to ask and believe in prayer and start to see God come through, oh, you realize the power. You realize the power of the ask that when we ask in prayer with the right things and we're in the right place, that it moves the hand of God, does things that you could not do on your own. So James says, first of all, You don't have what you want because you don't ask for God. In verse three, he gives the other pitfall to prayer. And even when you do ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. That's the second pitfall to prayer. That then sometimes when I do ask, I'm asking with the wrong motives. I'm asking for my own pleasure. And that's another reason that's going to bring a pitfall to my prayer, my ask. Now, How do we guard against that? How do we guard against like my prayers not being so full of me my prayers being uh, wrong motives? How do I guard against that? We guard against it by the seek. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. He said, seek and you will find. Seeking is a different level of asking. Seeking uh, is a little bit more um, engagement than just an ask. Um, and for our purposes, I think seeking could be broad, and you could put a lot of spiritual principles within the concept of seeking. But for our purposes within the, we're going to focus on one of the uh, kind of concepts within uh, seek, and that would be this: fasting, fasting. Because what fasting does is fasting literally lessens me. Fasting reduces the self in my prayers. It guards me against praying selfish prayers, wrong motivated prayers. When I fast, it's less of me, more of Jesus. Now my prayers reflect what he is, his will is, what he wants for my life more. And when that is the, uh, the ask, it will be given. And so that's what seeking does. That's what fasting does. I like that when Jesus talks about seeking here, he says seek and he, there's a promise connected to the seek. He says, seek and you will find. Seek and you will find. I wish that promise was connected to everything that I've ever sought after. Seek and you will find. Because about a year ago, I think I mentioned it in one service, but I lost my wallet about a year ago. And I mean, I, I was seeking after it. I spent hours and hours and hours seeking for my wallet and I never found it. And so not only did I lose my wallet and everything that was in that, I lost a bunch of time seeking for it. And I lost all the time and I lost the wallet and I had nothing to show for either of it. I like that Jesus said, Well, when this situation, if you seek, it will never go to waste. Any minute that you seek after God, it's never gonna go to waste. Any hour that you spend seeking after God, it's never gonna go to waste. Any 21 day window of your life that you devote to seeking after God, it's never ever gonna go to waste. No, He there's a promise connected to this seek and you will find. I love the promise connected to the seek. In this 21 days of of, 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 of fasting and prayer that will be January 1 through January 21, it'll just be a season where this promise is maximized in your life because of of the fasting. Now, I did read one story that I wanted to relate to you. Uh, There was a little boy who really was seeking after a bike. He wanted a new bike and he, he went to his father and he said, dad, I want a new bike. And this father said, well, son, you know, in this household, we, we pray to God about things that we want to need. And we, we, we let God be our provider. And so this little boy said, okay, I can do that. So that night, before he went to bed, he said his prayers. And he said, Lord, I need a new bike. And I'm just praying that you'll give it to me. Amen. The next morning, that little boy bolts out of bed, runs into the garage, busts into the garage, looking for that new bike. And it's not there. And so he's a little bit disappointed. That night comes, he goes and says his prayers again. He says, Lord, you know, I need a new bike. And I prayed this last night and I'm gonna pray it again tonight. Lord, just, I need this new bike. In Jesus' name, amen. Next morning, bolts out of bed, runs to the garage, still no new bike. He does this for three days, every three, all these three mornings, runs out to the garage, no bike to be found. On the fourth day, he happens to be at his grandmother's house. And I think it was getting somewhat close to Christmas time. And so the grandmother had a nativity scene out on, uh, on a, a big nativity scene out on her, uh, one of her uh, dressers. And so this little boy kind of looks at it and he sees it and he grabs the statue of Mary. And he takes the statue off of that nativity stand and he wraps it up. He finds some uh, newspaper and he wraps it up and he puts it in a shoebox and he takes that shoebox and he climbs way back into the back corner of his grandmother's closet and he hides that shoebox back in that closet. Comes out, nobody has seen him. That night it comes time for his prayers. And this is how he prayed on that fourth night. He said, dear Jesus, if you ever wanna see your mother again. (laughs) I like that. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I share that because I want to talk about what fasting isn't before I talk about what fasting is. When we fast, fasting is not... Um, it's not a hunger strike to manipulate or move Jesus. Fasting is not some sort of hostage crisis where we're gonna put something out to Jesus and say, and if you don't do what our A, B, and C, God, during this time of fasting, then you're gonna be in big trouble. That's not, what, that's not the spirit in which uh, we fast. So that's, that's what fasting is. not what fasting is, is um, to choose To choose to give up eating and drinking for a time of spiritual purpose, uh, for a goal, or for a need for ourselves or for others. It could be said this way, and I like this. If you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. Fasting is getting what you need most because you're willing to give up what you want most. Let me say that again. Fasting is is getting what you need most because you're willing to give up what you want most. And nearly every... Major biblical character fasted and we see record of that in the Bible. Uh, Moses fasted for 40 days. Esther called uh, the city to a three-day fast of all food and water. Uh, Daniel partially fasted and you've maybe heard us talk about a Daniel fast. We'll share a little bit more about that in a moment. Um, The apostle Paul, was on at least two different fasts we find in Scripture. One for three days uh, and one for 14 days. Peter fasted for three days. And of course, Jesus set an example of fasting where he fasted for 40 days. And so all throughout Scripture, we see that fasting was a regular practice for those who are devoted to God. Now let me hit pause for just a second because I'm already starting to feel it. Mm, I can feel it. It's just I can, I can almost see it in the air. There's a little bit of like resistance happening right now. There's a little bit of like, well, I'll fast when I'll fast when when God asks me to fast, okay? Pastor, when God asks me to, I'll do it. All right, I agree with you. And I asked God, and I was like, God, do you think we should, as a church, all fast together here starting off the year? And God said, I think, God said, I think that's a good idea. I think you should tell everybody about that. So here it is, God telling you he wants you to fast. Yeah, no, it's true. Even, Even this thought of like, well, I can't do it because somebody else wants me to. No, even corporate fasts, all throughout scripture you see the calling of a of a corporate fast, and so it's it's completely biblical and it's encouraging when you know we're doing it together. It kind of multiplies the benefits as we just are coming together, and we're all in this in this uh, zone and in this in this season of hunt after God. When we're all in that together, and our flesh is less, and the spirit within us is more. Oh my goodness, what we will see God do around here because we've decided to come together for a season, a corporate time of fasting. And so, let me talk about specific kind of some different kinds of fast as you consider what you might feel God calling you to do January 1 through January 21. And uh, there's a normal fast, which would be like a normal food, solid food fast, typically go without food of any kind for a certain number of days. Maybe you drink plenty of water, maybe you drink other liquids, um, depending on the length and the, uh, the type of fast you're doing. Um, but that would be, that's probably the most typical, the most biblical form of fasting is just without uh, food for a period of time. So I know that during, I already heard, I've already heard people talking about our, our season in January. I've already heard some people talking about that's the one they're going to do. They're going to do 21 days um, and do no food and just do liquids. Um, then there's partial fasts. Which, as I mentioned a moment ago, Daniel, when he fasted for 21 days, it was a partial fast. You've heard us talk about a Daniel fast. Uh, For Daniel, it was, he did not do any meat. He didn't do any breads. He didn't do anything sweet. Um, And uh, so mostly at that point, it's mostly fruits and vegetables. So that is a partial fast fast. Uh, and so a lot of people uh, over the January um, 21 days will do a, a Daniel fast. Some might do seven days of a partial fast or a Daniel fast and seven days of a total fast and then seven days of a partial fast. Or, you know, like, so, but in that 21 days, those would be the two types of kind of uh, food fast. But then also um, there's something that has been uh, called a, a soul fast. And what that would be would be like there are Christians who would use the word fast, but when they're talking about abstaining from pleasures uh, besides food. So things like maybe entertainment or screen time or television or, you know, movies or for married couples, maybe sexual relations, um, uh, you know, or maybe you've heard people talk about going on a social media fast, otherwise known as Christianity. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Not all, oh, come on, not all social media is bad. Only, only like 99% of it. So not all of it. Just stay in there on that 1%. But anyway, you know what I'm saying. Some of those things that just can, can kind of uh, get our heart, those things that just can kind of get our mind, those things that we can kind of get, uh, we can kind of fall into this trap of giving too much of ourselves to. So sometimes during a season of, of, of fasting, uh, Christians will go, I'm gonna also do without some of these other comforts or some of these other things that would, uh, would, would kind of maybe uh, distract me from getting my focus on Jesus. And, and I know that some of you maybe have never fasted before. And I just feel like that this is a great time for you to try it for the first time. I want you to know you can do it, all right? I want you to know that um, this is not a, a practice for super Christians. It's not a practice for people that are just so desperate and so well their life is just completely falling apart so I guess finally I'll turn to fasting I mean if if your life's falling apart turn to fasting but it's not reserved for just those people as a matter of fact let's look at what Jesus said about fasting because I kind of have bad news for some of you Jesus thought that you were going to fast he thought you were listen to what he said this is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 Jesus said, when you fast, he didn't say if you fast, he didn't say if everything's falling apart so bad that you have to resort to fasting, he just said when, my followers, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do for they disfigure their faces to show the others they're fasting. Truly I tell you, they will have received their reward in full. What's he go on to say? He says it again, but when you fast, not if, when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to the others that you're fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will, there's another promise here, mm, will reward you. Those who seek will find. There's a promise there, which gets us to the final, the final instruction in Matthew 7. Knock, knock, and it will be open to you. This is what I'm so excited about. During our 21 days of fasting and prayer, I'm excited about all the doors that are gonna be open. I'm excited about the fact that we have asked God with the right motives and with the right position of our heart. We're asking him and, that we're, and also that we're seeking him and with the promise knowing that when we seek him, we will find it. And then he says, knock. And I picture it being somebody like you're you're knocking at a door that you belong to, right? Like the people inside know that you, it's like you just step outside your house and the door lock behind you and you you knock on it. You know you're going to be welcomed in. I've knocked, I've, I've, I've had to go door to door for different things from time to time in my life. You ever have to go door to door for something and you're knocking and you're like, I hope nobody's home. I hope this door does not open. I don't even want to have to go through the trouble of them being so mad that I'm here. Like, it's not that kind of knock. It's not that you're bothering. No, you're knocking at a place that you belong. But you're at a position now where you have now gained access to a different environment, a different realm of God. This is what I'm excited about because during these these, these days of fasting and prayer, January 1 through 21, there are going to be new doors open for your life. Church, I'm gonna tell you right now, new levels of faith are coming to faith assembly, new increase of, of spirituality and increased sensitivity to God, doors opening into realms of intimacy with God, doors opening into new levels of wisdom and understanding about who God is, new opportunities for ministry, new hunger in your life, new reward from God. New blessings in your life. Just doors opened up to new blessings as you ask, seek, and knock. I was praying this morning and I felt like God say so clearly to me. He said, tell them that this is going to be a season where new doors of revival, new doors of breakthrough, new doors of peace. Some of you have been looking for peace for a long time and I'm telling you, it's coming. It's just on the other side of the door. As soon as you ask, seek, and knock, the peace is coming. I also felt so strong that God said, tell them that freedom is coming. Amen. And this is for somebody in this room. This is for somebody at one of the campuses. Freedom is coming because some of you have been, you've been praying for freedom, maybe from, from, from an addiction. And I, I just believe with all my heart, we're going to hear report after report after report of addiction being broken right at the beginning of the year, 2023. Amen. Why? Because we're knocking on that door and we're going to be welcomed into a new level of Freedom. Freedom from addiction. Some of you, it's going to be freedom from your past. You've been carrying around the weight. I've, I, guys, I'm telling you, I felt specifically that God said freedom from past abuse. Oh Some of you have been carrying around the hatred and the bitterness and the brokenness and the pain of past abuse. And I, I, I didn't, it's not that I wrote this into the message. It's just God dropped this in my heart so clear he said, tell my people that if they'll ask and seek and knock, during this this corporate season of fasting and prayer, there's gonna be freedom from all of that junk that's been weighing you down for a long time. I believe this with all of my heart. It's gonna be a season of new doors open. My kids, when they were all growing up, I had five kids. And when they were all in the house growing up, uh, there was a lot that they just received as just part of being kids in the house. Just, I mean, they received, it wasn't based on their behavior, wasn't based on their actions, wasn't based on them doing something especially good or bad. Just, they're gonna get some food, they're gonna get shelter. They kind of knew it. They could walk up to me and say, hey, we're running to eat, can I get a couple bucks? And most of the time, if I had, I'd give it to them. I didn't do a whole quiz thing of like, well, how perfect have you been? Like how, how many times have you said thank you to me in the last seven days? Like I didn't do all that. It was just some of, some of the stuff just came as a result of the relationship with the parents. However, there are also some things, some blessings that came into their life and it was based on maybe an accomplishment or maybe based on a particular thing that they had done maybe maybe they'd worked around the house and so they got kind of a different a different level of reward based on an action both of those can exist in a parent-child relationship right both of those exist in our relationship with God as well there are there are certain blessings and aspects of the presence of God that you just walk under as a child of God and you just they're just there like the certain levels of protection and certain levels of provision they're just there However, God does reserve certain expressions of his power, certain expressions of his blessings to be poured out as a result of fasting and prayer. As a result of deciding to seek after him. As let me say it this way, as a result of someone deciding, I'm not gonna be on the lookout for God, I'm going hunting for God. I am so excited about what kind of blessings we're going to see on on your life, on my life, as we go hunting for God January 1 through 21. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.